the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Christ didn't simply heal a paralyzed man. He transformed him, both physically and spiritually. Those who are saved understand the very physical and spiritual relationship they have with Jesus Christ. If you know this, want this for someone else or for yourself, keep listening. The Transformative Power of Christ with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon. This is Pastor John Allworth coming to you here from KKHT coming live. Um, we record these live. We want to want to feel a connection with you out there, and, and we want you to feel the real connection in life, and that's the transformative power of Christ. Amen. God is so good. God is so good. He's been so good to me, and and uh, my life has not always been wonderful, but but it's been transformed by a relationship with him. And it's still not perfect. I still have challenges, as we all do, but it's very, very different than it was when I wasn't living for Christ. So I just want to I want to take this message and, and shout it from the mountaintops that, uh, that there's a better way to live. Because too many people in this lost and uncertain world, we were just listening to Jay Sokolow talk about all the uncertainties in Washington with the election and with COVID and with people out of work. You know, there's only one thing we can count on, and it's in this book that I'm holding in my hands. It's a living, breathing Bible, and it's a relationship with Christ, the relationship that Christ wants with you. He wants to have a different kind of relationship with you. Maybe you're already saved and you know Christ, but, you know, you're, you're just uncertain about things and things aren't going the way you want. And you, you don't you're adrift. You don't know what your purpose in life is. And Jesus wants to show you. He wants you to take you to a deeper level, a secret place where it's just you and him. And that that's the purpose of this program is to help you get there. So the title of the message today is There is No Condemnation in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's from Romans 8.1. Uh, it's, uh, you know, Romans is a beautiful exposition of theology. The only thing that I think is more beautiful in, in the New Testament is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. But Romans is incredible as he takes us through the theology of Jesus and, and sin and death and and uh, who Jesus is and, and, you know, the Roman road, how to have a relationship with him. It's a beautiful, wonderful exposition. You know, but that what does that mean? There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. What did Paul mean by this? Well, it's an important phrase because what it, as Christians, as believers, our hope and eternal aspirations of every believer rest on the truth of what Paul wrote. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. What does condemnation mean? Condemn means to express disapproval of. That's the first definition. Two, to pronounce sentence against. Or three, to declare unfit for use. Jesus doesn't do that with any of us. None of those three. And I want to address three different issues today. Number one, too many people let a lifetime of mistakes keep them from any relationship with Jesus Christ. They think they're not good enough. Or that God doesn't have any use for them. That, that, you know, that they, God would never believe in them or, or have any reason to have a relationship with them. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. I don't care where you come from, what you've done in your life, what mistakes you've made. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. I don't care who you are. Jesus wants a relationship with you. And we're going to talk about that some more. Number two. Even those of us who have accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, as Paul says, those of us who are in Christ, 
We let guilt and remorse keep us from our full potential in the ministry. We think, I'm no good. You know, God God can't use me. I've made these mistakes. I'm, I'm not good enough to, to be his ambassador, to be his representative. Again, that is a lie from the pit of hell. We're going to talk about all the people that God used that we see in the Holy Bible who, who just like you and me, made plenty of mistakes in their lives, weren't perfect at all, but God didn't care. He used them, and he used the Holy Spirit to have them rise above their imperfections and to help people. So that's number one, people who don't have a relationship with Christ because of, of their guilt and remorse. Number two, people who aren't living to their full potential, aren't realizing all of their purpose in life with through Christ, what God has in store for them, what God wants them to do because they feel unworthy, guilt and remorse. And then the third topic I want to talk about is, because this is a little dicey here, since there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus, and the Lord told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, you know, and we know that Christ died for our sins while we were still yet sinners. We know that the Bible tells us our sins are as far from the east as the west. Do we need to worry about sin? Well, of course we do. And we're going to talk about that, too. So let's, let's, let's start with our foundation scripture. But before we do that, we need to pray. Father God, we come to you today. We are so grateful for your grace. We are so grateful for your love. We are so grateful for your forgiveness. You are so mighty. You are so wonderful. You are so, so beautifully, wonderfully grace and forgiveness just and love just flows through you. We can feel it when we have that relationship. We thank you for that. Father, we pray for our country. We're divided. Father, we need to be unified, one one nation under God. We pray that, that you heal our land, that you bring us together, that you see that just because we have differences, that we're still all children of God, and that we need to love each other, forgive each other, and be respectful of each other. And Father, we pray for, for our country right now and, and the world the, going through this pandemic. Uh, Father, we pray that you that you heal people, that you comfort people, people who relatives who can't get in to see their their sick ones, whether it's COVID or heart disease or kidney disease. Father, we pray for your healing touch. We pray for your comfort. We pray for peace for the families. All right, uh, in Jesus' name, we pray. All right, so let's 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 read our foundation scripture here, and I'm reading from Romans chapter eight. Therefore, there is no con- now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his Son in the likeness of a sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Paul's talking about here a transformation of the heart. He's talking about a transformation. Once you live in Christ, once you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, a transformation that occurs, that you begin to live for the Spirit, not perfectly, you're still going to make mistakes, but but when when we make mistakes after we've accepted him, after we're saved, we get convicted by them. You know, I lived all my life, or most of my life, fortunately, praise the Lord, not all my life, much of my life seeking pleasures of the flesh, seeking power, seeking money, seeking, you know, man can't serve both God and mammon or money, seeking seeking fleshly things. 
you know, and I'd, you know, I'd get a little satisfaction for a while, you know, but I'd wake up in the morning, let's say with a hangover, <laughs> you know, I, I, it wasn't, it didn't fulfill me. It was only till I came to Christ that I began to experience true joy and true fulfillment. I had this emptiness in my heart for so long that was never fulfilled until I began to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So what did, what did Paul mean by 8.1 when he talks about condemnation? Well, if you look at the Greek, what he meant was an adverse sentence. Remember, that was our second definition, to express disapproval of, to pronounce sentence against, or declare unfit for use. Well, God doesn't do that with any of us. You know, when I was a young lawyer, I'm a lawyer too, um, I worked, uh, I was assistant general counsel to the governor. And at that time, we had, there was a moratorium on death penalty cases, there had been, and there was a backlog. And one of my jobs was to brief the governor on people that were in line for execution. And in fact, I would sit up at the Capitol. Back then, we executed people that uh, had a death sentence at midnight. And they would call me at 5 until 12, and they would ask any word for the governor, should we proceed? I don't know if I could do that today in my Christian, my new heart, but I did it back then. And these people were, they were the worst of the worst. I mean, these, because of the backlog, they were, you know, it's pretty, you got to be pretty bad to get the death penalty to begin with. But these were people that, you know, had raped and killed little children and grandmothers and just police officers and just engaged in horrible, horrible things. And, and the governor, they'd call me and, you know, was, is there a pardon? Is there a commutation? You know, but no, there wasn't. And every, situation we proceeded the governor decided to proceed with the execution well jesus doesn't do that with us you know we deserve punishment you know some of us maybe not execution but we did some of us do deserve that so we deserve and he sets that aside there is no condemnation in christ jesus if you don't believe me just look at the bible jesus in matthew chapter 25 he visited in the chapter that, that talks about the least of these. You know, did you give me food? Did you give me clothes? Did you visit me within, in prison? That's the heart Jesus has. You know, I was just at a lunch on Sunday with my friend, uh, Pastor Boyd Harrell, who's got a prison ministry. And he's trans, you know, helping Jesus transform lives because he goes into the prisons and he visits those people and he gives them a curriculum and he teaches them about Jesus and they change, they transform and they come out and he works with them. That's one of the beauties of working in the ministry in the recovery field is we see people who are working and changing these people's lives. It's possible. I see, you know, God is still in the miracle business. I see it all the time in my recovery business. You know, we see it throughout the Bible. You know, there's a thief on the cross who Jesus turned to and said, I'll see you in paradise today. God loved, so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. God doesn't want any of us to perish. He loves us so much. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Moses was a murderer. David was a murderer. Paul, who wrote Romans, a persecutor of Christians, a murderer. God used all these people. In wondrous ways. I don't care where you've been, what you've done. God wants you to repent and change your ways. We're going to talk about that in a minute. When Jesus started his ministry, he said, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Let's talk about one of the greatest examples in the Bible. If we look at John chapter 8, we have the story of the adulterous woman. And, you know, to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, this was this was black and white. This was This was clear. This woman had committed adultery. The, the, the law said stone her to death. And Jesus came along, and they, they wanted to trap him. And they said, Teacher, what do you say? What should we do? Well, 
Uh, unlike what we do in our our system, Jesus had mercy. Jesus drew a line and he said, let those who have never sinned cast the first stone. And of course, they all, all of her accusers disappeared. And Jesus, but he didn't just say, pat her on the head and say, you know, it's okay, I saved you, way to go, you know, we're okay. No, he said, get up and sin no more. That's what he said. That's, that's who our God is. You are forgiven, but you need to change your heart. You know, we think because we're not free from sin, and none of us are, you can't be pleasing to God. You can't be effective. He won't use you. Billy Graham, Dr. Martin Luther King, Moses, David, Peter, Paul, all sinners, I guarantee you. We know that in the Bible. We know things that Dr. Martin Luther King, one of the greatest leaders of our of this last century, who led an incredible movement of peace and love, we know that he wasn't perfect. We've heard about that. Nobody is. But God used the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome their spirit, their sin and to do great and mighty things for the kingdom. You know, I don't know what your purpose is, but you have one. God wants you to help other people. You have a testimony. We are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We're going to get to that scripture in a minute. You have a testimony. You have things that you have experienced in your life that can help other people. I don't know if it's one person, two people, three people, a thousand people. But you have a purpose. God wants it, and and he wants to use you. He wants you to have a different relationship. And if you have no relationship with with him at all, today is the day of salvation. There's a glorious life. There's a change in your life. He wants to transform your heart. He wants to use us all. You know, he told that woman, get up and sin no more. And we know that faith without works is dead. That's what I'm talking about, the transformative power of Christ, the transformative power in your heart that once you begin to live for him. You can't let any man condemn you. More importantly, you can't let the enemy drag you into this pit. You were not saved for this. The wages of sin are indeed death, but you were saved for life. You were saved for the abundant life that Jesus promised. Jesus said, I don't give to you as the world gives you. I leave you my peace. So let's let's tackle this issue of, okay, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. My grace is sufficient for you. In fact, and Paul in Romans writes in Romans 5.20, he said, where sin abounds or increases, grace abounds much more. So does that mean that we're just free? There's a, there's a doctrine out there, or a belief some people preach, of hyper-grace. That because Jesus died for our sins on the cross, well, we don't have to worry about sin. We can do whatever we want. But the Bible's clear. That's not true. In, in Romans 6, verse 1, Paul says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? <laughs> Paul says, By no means. Of course not. Of course we shouldn't. In fact, Jesus says in John chapter 14, he says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. He also says in John 14, 23, he says, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who who loves me. And again, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. And why does he do that? Why does he why does he want us to obey his teaching? You know, I thought you said that that there is no condemnation. Well, he does it for two reasons, and these are very important reasons. One, as I alluded to a minute ago, Scripture tells us the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And I have come so that they may live life and live it abundantly. 
Jesus knows what's good for us. When you stop sinning, when that becomes a central part of your life, when you stop living for the flesh, Paul writes, you are a slave to whatever you obey. When you're living a sinful life, and that's what you're focused on, when you're focused on the flesh, it leads to death. It leads to unhappiness. It leads to problems in life. It leads to to lost jobs, lost relationships. He knows what's good for us. When we obey his commands and live the way he wanted to and instructed to us and follow his example, then that's when we begin to live life abundantly. Jesus loves us. He wants us to have that life. But the second way is we're charged with making disciples of all nations. You know, Jesus came in Mark ten forty five to seek and save the lost. We're his ambassadors on life. He told his disciples at the end, he said, I want you to go out and, and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey the commands that I have given you. So that's what we're charged to do. That's one of our main purposes in life. Well, how can we attract people to the kingdom if we're living like the rest of the world? If we're just engaged in sin, if we're engaged in drunkenness, debauchery, adultery, fornication. No, we need to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. When People need to look at us and say, wow, I want what that person has. And the way we do that is we follow Jesus. We live like Jesus lived to the best of our ability. Again, folks, I'm not perfect. None of us out there are. But Jesus knows our heart. He knows what we aspire to. And people can see that when you show love to other people, when you show comp- compassion to other people, when, when you help other people, you know, when you're the good Samaritan. The Bible tells these stories for a reason. When you're the good Samaritan. And the, the Sermon on the Mount tells us, you know, forgive your brother so that your Father in heaven may forgive you. You know, we need to show those Christian principles those bedrock principles, because Jesus is so wonderful. In Second Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, Paul wrote, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Well, how do we get there? You say, hey, Pastor John, I just, I'm struggling. I don't know how to get, I don't know how to get past the sin. I don't know how to, I don't know how to change my life. Well, there's, some clues in the Bible. This Bible is a book that gives us an open book test about how to live life. This beautiful exposition that Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Okay, what we've talked about, in view of God's mercy, no condemnation of Christ but Jesus, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, living, being the light of the world, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. That's how we show Jesus that we love him. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So how do we transform our minds? It's by reading this Bible. It's by spending time with him. It's by spending time in prayer. It's by fellowshipping with other Christians. It's by living a Christian lifestyle, by helping other people. That's how we renew our minds away from this sinful world and into the abundant life that Jesus wants for us. And there's another way, too, a very important way. You know, Jesus said when he left this earth, he told his disciples, I will not leave you as an orphan. In John chapter 14, he discusses the Holy Spirit. How do you get the Holy Spirit? You ask for it. 
He's there to encourage you, to tell you what's right. You know, C.S. Lewis wrote, we, we talked about this last week in our thing. He wrote about how Jesus, when you accept him as your Savior, he's implanted in your heart. We know what's good and right. If we listen to that still voice, if we be still and let him be God and listen to that voice about what is right and what is good and what is pleasing to God, the Holy Spirit is there, the spirit of truth to help you, to advocate for you. Ask for the Holy Spirit in your life. Learn to lead on it. Learn to be quiet and pray and listen to God's voice. It's not like it's going to come audible shouting out of the skies, but he's going to help you when you're still and you're quiet and you're spending time with him. Like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, take your things vertical to him because he'll never disappoint you. He will never disappoint you. So what are we called? We're going to cover a couple more things here. One of the things that, that we need to do to to have a Christian lifestyle is we need to aspire to be holy. We need to make every effort to be holy. Hebrews twelve fourteen tells us make every effort to be holy. First Peter chapter one. Therefore, I love this scripture because of my background, which some of you know. I'm, I'm in recovery myself, but that that was my transformation. I walked, as we say in our recovery radio program, I walked out of the darkness and into God's light. So First Peter chapter one. Therefore. With minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed as his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, be holy, because I am holy. You know, that's what we need to aspire to. That's how we're different. That's how we're set apart. That's how we f- begin to fulfill our purpose that God wants for us. We don't let guilt and remorse keep us trapped. That's a lie from the pit of the hill. If, if you believe that you can't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're listening to the wrong voice. You're listening to the voice of the enemy who's trying to keep you down. If you're saved and you're not fulfilling, you feel like you need to be doing more because you think you're not good enough, you're not worthy, again, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. You're listening to the wrong voice. He wants to use you. He wants you to be separate and apart from this crazy, crazy world. He wants you to make an election. Let's talk about a real election, an election you're going to live for Jesus Christ, and he's going to be the most important thing in your life. That's the election we need to make. I know this other stuff is important in this world, but that's not nearly as important as where you're going to spend eternity and whether or not you're going to be pleasing what you do is going to be pleasing to god the rewards your heavenly rewards you know that's how you get fulfillment there is no condemnation in christ jesus you know we talked about testimonies earlier and one of my favorite favorite scriptures in the bible is in revelation it's it's twelve eleven, and i alluded to it earlier and that is that we are overcomers by the blood of the lamb by Jesus and the word of our testimony. Our testimonies are powerful, folks. The things that we've walked through, the things that we've suffered from, the things that we've God has gotten us through. And, and when we give testimonies that, you know, we didn't do it. I mean, I've said before on this program, I, I drove my car into a ditch. He's the one that pulled me out. When we give all glory to him, that's how we reflect our Christian identity. And that's, that's how we bring people to Christ. This world, there are so many lost people right now. There are so many confused people. We need, we need to use all this difficulty we've been through to have an awakening in the church, and that starts individually. What we often don't talk about, when we, that, that, that Scripture, 1211, it's, we're overcomers, or they triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, is who are they triumphing over? 
because if we look up above that, because I know you've heard that scripture before, if we look to twelve verse chapter twelve verse ten, for the accuser of our brothers and sisters, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. The enemy has been defeated. That is the accuser that is in your head that is telling you that you're not good enough. Well, he's been defeated. This battle has already been won. He has been defeated, folks. And you don't need to listen, brothers and sisters. You don't need to listen to that voice anymore. You need to listen to the voice of God, the voice of love. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. He loves us. He has forgiven us. And when we begin to live for him, it transforms us. It changes our lives. It begins to give us purpose. It begins to give us fulfillment. I want to thank you for joining us here on the transformative power of Christ. You know, God has been so good to us. We just want to reach out from the, from the mountaintops, shout out from the mountaintops how good he is and how he can change your life. You know, we're on the, Facebook. We, we started a church. We're a church plant, New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. Our home church is New Covenant Church in Humble, Texas. We have a recovery ministry called Covenant Recovery Ministries. We meet every Friday night at 7. I want to invite you because we're all recovering from something. There are people there, drugs and alcohol, of course, but there are people there that are recovering from anger, from jealousy, from sins of the spirit, from depression, from divorce, from relationship issues, from all kinds of things. It's a wonderful Christian fellowship, 901 Wilson Road, every Friday night at 7 o'clock. I'd love for you to join us. We, we have wonderful Christian fellowship. We have a word, we have praise and worship, and then we divide into men's and women's group and share our difficulties and our triumphs. 901 Wilson Road, every Friday night at 7. And then the, the, the my church, New Covenant Church Greater Hearts, we started right on March 1st, right before COVID hit, and we got knocked out of our building. So we've been virtual. We're going to go back into our building soon, as soon as they get the vaccine distributed, hopefully very soon. Uh, but we're on Facebook every Sunday evening at 6 p.m. You just go to Facebook, New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, and you can tune in. We have a live worship service with music and praise and worship and, and a biblical message right out of the Bible every Sunday night at 6 p.m. And you can go on Facebook and see all our past sermons. So we'd love for you to join us. You know, we love you so much here at, at the Transformative Power of Christ and New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. Well, we just love you and we appreciate you. But you know what? God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. And he wants a relationship with you. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Except his hand. He wants to be with you. Amen. Good night.